When you bring your child home for the first time, you want a baby monitor you can trust. When you choose Stork, you choose technology trusted to monitor 10 million babies in hospitals every year. Stork continuously tracks your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and temperature. Visit MassimoStork.com to learn more. Stork, a revolutionary baby monitor, is born. Stork is not a medical device. Read and understand all product labeling. Massimo data on file. While oversupply might seem like a dream for many mothers, it truly comes with its own set of challenges, ranging from fussy, gassy babies, green poops, and lots of spitting up. How can a mother tame her oversupply beast? And what does this have to do with an overactive letdown? Today, I'm thrilled to introduce our expert, Christina Chamberlain, a certified nurse midwife, an international board certified lactation consultant in the state of Washington, and owner of Eastside Women's Health and Lactation. Today, we are talking about oversupply and overactive letdown. This is The Boob Group, episode 70. Breast milk, it does a baby good. Silly daddy, boobs are for babies. I make milk, what's your superpower? If my breastfeeding offends you, put a blanket over your head. Dairy diva, don't be lactose intolerant. Nursing nature's own breast enhancement. Meals on heels. Whoever said there's no use crying over spilled milk, never had to pump. Breast milk, all udders are inferior. Whatever your point of view, we're here to support your breastfeeding goals. We're the boob group, because mothers know breast. Welcome to The Boob Group, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. The Boob Group is your weekly online on-the-go support group for all things related to breastfeeding. I'm your host, Robin Kaplan. I'm also an international board-certified lactation consultant and owner of the San Diego Breastfeeding Center. So today we have a new program that we're actually launching, and it's called our Virtual Panelists. So throughout the month, we'll be posting on Facebook and Twitter information about upcoming episode topics and our featured experts for these episodes. So this is a great way for you to post your questions you would like us to ask our experts, and we will do everything we can to incorporate them into the show. And on our recording days, our producer, MJ Fisher, will be tweeting and Facebooking about the episode as we are actually recording. So this will allow you to engage in conversation, learn about awesome tidbits about our topic, which um, even before the episode's been released, um, you can post questions for our expert and share your experience with our audience. All you have to do is follow our Facebook page, which is the boob group, or you can follow our hashtag on Twitter, the boob group VP, that's for virtual panelists, and join in the conversation. So MJ, how's it going so far? We have a lot of conversation going on? We do. We have a lot of mamas who are interested in all of our topics today. It's really nice to be able to um, incorporate you guys that can't be in the studio into our show and, um, you know, cover questions that maybe we don't have that we're already covering or questions that, you know, just in general, everyone will want to ask so it's nice we have a lot of um, posts going on on Facebook and then through Twitter and everybody's joining in so it's great Wonderful. Well, thanks, MJ. Yes, thank you. And uh, in our studio, we have three lovely panelists. And so, ladies, do you mind introducing yourselves? Hello, I'm Rosie Rodriguez. I'm 30 years old. I'm an executive assistant, and I have two girls. Um, They are three years old and 10 months. Wonderful. Thank you. Hi, I'm Marie Bishop. I am 30 years old, and I work as a sales coordinator for an insurance company. 
I have two kids. I have a four-year-old little boy, William, and I have a four-month-old little girl, Lydia. And Lydia is in the studio with us today. So if you hear a little cooing around, um, it could be her or one of Stacy's uh, little boys. So Stacy, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Stacy Spensley. I am also 30 years old. I'm a certified holistic health coach, and I have just my one little boy here, Ivor, who will be six months on Thursday. <laughs> and, and he's trying to eat the microphone. And he's trying to eat the microphone. <laughs> well, welcome, ladies. Thanks for coming to the show today. When you bring your child home for the first time, you want a baby monitor you can trust. When you choose Stork, you choose technology trusted to monitor 10 million babies in hospitals every year. Stork continuously tracks your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and temperature. Visit MassimoStork.com to learn more. Stork, a revolutionary baby monitor, is born. Stork is not a medical device. Read and understand all product labeling. Massimo data on file. Hi, Boob Group. My name is Autumn, co-owner and founder of Tailored Fitness. I started Tailored Fitness because I am passionate about helping women learn to live healthy lives so that they can be role models for their families. I was fortunate enough to grow up in a family where I was taught the value of exercise, and now that I'm a mom, I want to set the same good example for my daughter. There's no better time to start taking care of yourself than when you're pregnant. Here's a tip on exercising when you're expecting. Although it may not seem like it, your abs are still there when you're pregnant. And it's important to keep working on strengthening your core so you can avoid lower back pain, which affects 80 to 90% of pregnant women. After the fourth month, you should not do ab exercises on your back like a crunch, but you can still work your core in other ways. Try doing a plank on your knees and elbows, creating a straight line between your head and your knees. Hold for 45 to 60 seconds, breathing steadily throughout the exercise. This is also a great exercise after your baby is born to work on regaining core strength. The Tailored Fitness Exercise Program has workout videos for pregnancy and to help you lose the baby weight after your baby is born. Visit MyTailoredFitness.com and sign up for a free 30-day trial to try creating your own custom workout video. And don't miss any of the awesome tips from the Boob Group that will help you prepare for motherhood. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. So today on The Boob Group, we're discussing oversupply and overactive letdown. Our expert, Christina Chamberlain, is a certified nurse midwife, an international board certified lactation consultant in the state of Washington, and owner of Eastside Women's Health and Lactation. Thanks so much for joining us, Christina, and welcome to the show. 
Thank you. So, Christina, how would a mom know that she has an oversupply? Are there symptoms for both mom and baby in this? There are. Um, You know, most women probably can attest to feeling really engorged or feeling like they have oversupply in the beginning when their babies are first born. And that's that's pretty typical to have that kind of engorgement in the beginning just because your body and your baby are still trying to figure out what exactly your baby needs. But if a mom feels engorged most of the time um, after the baby is a couple of months old rather than just feeling engorged when her baby hasn't nursed for a while, um, such as when babies start to sleep longer at night, um, but if she's feeling like she's always full and uncomfortable, it's probably more due to oversupply rather than just kind of the normal engorgement that happens in the beginning. So true oversupply is when a mom's body is just producing more than what her baby needs. Um, And sometimes, uh, I'll just start off by saying that sometimes uh, it can be an issue not so much with mom's supply, but that baby's not able to empty the breast very well. So it's really important for, um, you know, if mom is having this issue, to see a lactation consultant who can evaluate if it's a baby issue or if it truly is a mom's oversupply issue. So I just want to put that out there at the beginning that that's important um, for you to have that evaluated by a lactation consultant. Um, But as you asked, uh, some of the symptoms for a mom besides feeling engorged all the time, um, because her milk is not, her breasts aren't being emptied, her milk is kind of just sitting there, she might have recurrent plug ducts which can lead to mastitis. So this mom might unfortunately have um, recurrent breast infections. Um, She'll probably have excessive leaking, which um, so much, I mean, we all leak and that's pretty normal for most of us, but if this is excessive leaking, it can interfere with daily activities and just kind of make leaving the house uncomfortable. Um, And then for a baby, You know, some of the things that you had mentioned earlier are true for babies who are kind of battling oversupply issue too, where those babies tend to be um, very gassy, Uh, sometimes they're called colicky, they spit up a lot, Um, they just seem really fussy at the breast. If it's really difficult for them to nurse well, some of those babies might even have um, a nursing strike for a period of time where they just don't want to breastfeed because it's not a pleasant experience for them. Uh, sometimes those babies, like you mentioned, could have uh, the um, green poops just because they're getting uh, so much milk. Um, the higher lactose milk is, and it's not digested as easily as the fattier milk, um, and that can be a result. The green poops can be a result of that. Um, so that's why I say, you know, these babies too, um, they just have trouble negotiating that amount of flow of the milk. Um, and you want to make sure that it's not a baby issue, that they're not able to coordinate their suck, swallow, and breathing um, because of some other underlying problem, that it truly is just because there's just so much milk, they're literally kind of being choked at the breast. <laughs> and what are some causes for oversupply? Um, well, it's kind of believed that there's just, you know, some people are just really sensitive to it. It's a feedback mechanism. That's how just milk supply in general, your body gets the message from baby to make milk, um, and so it's believed that this thing called the feedback inhibitor of lactation, um, which controls milk supply, has some kind of relationship tied into emptying and filling a breast. So if you don't completely empty your breast, then you affect this feedback mechanism. 
Um, so it's just there's a glitch in that. But other than that, we're not 100% sure. Sometimes it could be um, a thyroid issue. Um, sometimes it could be just in the beginning if, if people are told to pump a lot for whatever reason, whether it's because they're concerned about not, their milk not coming in or because there's a need to get more milk for a baby who's unable to breastfeed, if they're pumping um, too much and uh, they're overstimulating their breasts in the beginning, they'll tend to have that problem. Sometimes women are told to pump before their baby breastfeeds to stimulate the letdown and that just ends up causing more milk or they're so engorged and uncomfortable, they pump to relieve their breasts, but they're actually giving their body a bigger message saying, more milk, more milk, I need more milk. So, you know, it's just constantly, it's a vicious cycle at that point. Definitely. So I'd love to open this up to our panelists now. Um, so ladies, how did you know um, that you had an oversupply? Stacy, we'll start with you. Actually, Robin told me. <laughs> so we ended up going in to see Robin after a week after Ivor was born because he was biting me, which was super awesome. <laughs> and it turned out that everything I was reading, I thought he was sleepy and he was actually just done because he was actually getting plenty of milk because I had so much of it, he could eat really quickly. And so we ended up adjusting some things and are doing much better. And um, yeah, so not having him bite me was my motivation to <laughs> what was going on. Yes. So thank you, Robin. Yeah, my pleasure. Um, how about you, Rosie? I learned that I had oversupply um, because I was always leaking. And with my preschooler, um, she would just like, I, I would hear her gulp and gulp and gulp. Um, and also it seemed like the milk was going through her like so fast. And just because, you know, I was squirting all over the place <laughs> and squirting on her face. And I always needed to have a towel with me um, because of the forceful let down as well. And when you pull off, it would just cover you everywhere. Yes. <laughs> How about you, Marie? Well, with my four-year-old, he was actually in the NICU. He was a preemie, so I had to pump for him for the first month, and I kind of figured it out when the nurses were a little shocked by me bringing in, like, 12 ounces at a time <laughs> for each pumping. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and I just ended up encouraging my oversupply so I could donate, and then this time, I ended up having it... I just started pumping as soon as my milk came in, and it squirts everywhere, and it's <laughs> just a ton. <laughs> just a ton as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this kind of leads into this question, Christina. Um, would there, are there ways that moms can help their babies deal with an oversupply? Sure. Um, definitely nursing positions can help. If you're nursing your baby in a position um, that allows a baby to have better control of that milk flow, that baby is going to probably be more comfortable so uh, that would be nursing a baby while she's more vertical. Um, so she's kind of working against the flow of gravity as the milk is coming out. So I've had some moms who are really successful with having their baby kind of straddle their legs and sit more upright, kind of like what a toddler, what you kind of think of as a toddler nursing would look like. Um, other other moms are more... Um, comfortable doing a laid back position where mom is leaning back and the baby is on top of her body kind of face down into the breast. Um, so both of these are where baby is in more control of that, of that um, flow, that heavy flow, but also of the forceful letdown that somebody had mentioned um, that helps them just have a little bit more control of it so they can coordinate their suck, swallow, breathe pattern a little bit better too. Okay. And would there ever be a reason for a mom to temper down her supply a bit? 
Well, if I would say yes, if oversupply is making mom and baby miserable, that's a good reason <laughs> to temper it down. Um, so, you know, that everybody just kind of has to decide, like one of your panelists said that she ended up donating milk. So that's great if she is going to continue to work with her oversupply for that kind of reason. That's, that's wonderful. But if she did want to temper down her supply a bit, um, one of the ways that she could do it is kind of the idea of block feeding where you're nursing the baby on the same breast for all nursings within like a three-hour period. And some people, you know, they still switch breast side to side. So this would be eliminating that and simply only offering the same breast during that three-hour period for any suckling that the baby wanted to do at the breast. And then the next three-hour period, you would switch to the other side. And that's just helping your body get the message to less stimulation, so it's going to produce a little bit less milk. Um, that's one thing. If the overactive letdown is also a problem, mom could try massaging her breasts before the baby latches on so that she has, you know, you probably want to have a towel near you, but that way she can have her letdown before baby actually let, latches on so baby's not so bombarded by the milk from the letdown. That's already happened, and the baby can hopefully latch on and be a little bit more comfortable with nursing with that flow after the letdown. Um, Definitely burping your baby often because a lot of these babies, um, if they are having trouble latching on or they're coming on and off or anything like that, they're just getting more air into their tummies, which can create more burps, more spitting up. So burping often, um, that helps. And also avoiding pumping unless you really have to. Um, and if you do need to pump, I would say just pump to comfort. Don't pump necessarily to completely empty your breasts. Um, you could wear, try wearing a more tight-fitting bra. Obviously, you don't want it to be so tight that it's going to create plugged ducts or anything like that, but maybe a wireless sports bra that just puts a little bit more pressure on your breasts so that they aren't so stimulated. Um, that can sometimes help for some women. Uh, sage tea. Sage naturally reduces milk supply. Um, so if a mom was to make a nice little pot of sage tea and drink that about once a day, that she might see an effect on her milk supply. Um, I have known women who have tried all of this, and if it didn't work, then they would um, start taking birth control pills. Uh, obviously, that, in my opinion, would be the last resort, um, just because, you know, if you don't have to take medication, why would you? The estrogen and the birth control pills is what would decrease your supply. It inhibits prolactin, which is the hormone that makes milk. So that's how that works. Okay. And this kind of leads into the next question. Jen had posted on our Facebook page, um, can you ever overcorrect a, um, an oversupply and then cause a low supply? Uh, some women can. That's why I say for medication especially that that would be last resort. I mean, the other things you have a little bit more control over with trial and error. You know, you try something, you see how it's working. If it's not doing what you want it to do, you stop or, you know, and it, your body doesn't take too much of a ding from it. But um, if you're doing medications, then it takes longer for you to rebuild it. But most of the time, um, if you're just doing these things that we're talking about, you probably wouldn't have a drastic plummet of milk supply. You would see a decrease and you could kind of, in my experience, most women are able to kind of play with what works for them. So they're not necessarily having a low supply and then having to get it back up, but they're more kind of playing with what works for their baby and their body. Okay. 
Ladies, um, how did you deal with your oversupply and who was more uncomfortable? You or the baby? <laughs> how about you, Marie? Mainly with the baby, for her, I keep a burp rag under her chin and she starts nursing and as soon as, sorry, as soon as letdown happens, she pulls away and we just use the rag to let down into the rag. And then um, for myself, I pump. But again, I also do it to donate. I, I would say it's more uncomfortable for me because if it's like on a weekend and I don't want to pump, yeah, then I'm dealing. I'm super full. I'm in pain. I'm leaking through all my clothes. She really does. I mean, you heard her coughing earlier, and that's from the <laughs> letdown. But I think I'm more uncomfortable than she is. Yeah. How about you, Rosie? Um, for me, uh, what worked with my first was the block feeding. Um, you know, it took a while to get the right combination of um, how many hours to move between and things like that. Um, and with my second, you know, it's a combination of block feeding, nursing positions, and, um, you know, now uh, since I still have a lot, I donate it as well. Um, and so at the beginning, it was with my first child, it was more uncomfortable for me um, just because, um, you know, I I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> and the baby seemed like she was fine with it and she learned how to gulp it all down and, you know, she liked it. Um, but with this last baby, it was her that was really uncomfortable. So I felt really bad because I... Um, thought that I had a colicky baby and I was kind of confused because you know I was breastfeeding and I said hey how can she be colicky if she's a breastfed baby um, she was just super gassy and throwing up a lot um, and she was just not having a good time um, but you know with all of that stuff we were able to get it under control and now we're good nice nice how about you Stacy early on I think it was pretty unpleasant for both of us again mm-hmm. again with the biting but um, he was pretty gassy. He was gulping a lot, um, stuff like that. But af- after a couple of months, as we adjusted our position and I was pumping, it got a lot better for both of us. And now I think it's probably worse for me because I have to pump twice a day and I also donate my milk. Mm-hmm. And I've, I totaled it up. And as of yesterday, I'm at like 10 and a half gallons <laughs> that I've donated. And so it's, you know, it's it's a lot of time spent pumping for milk that I'm not going to use, but... I, I got a couple plug ducts and that was that was plenty. Yeah, I was good after that. And that that actually leads into um, our next question, Christina. So Laura had posted on our Facebook page, what are the pros and cons of pumping to freeze or to donate versus leaving it just to be to control your oversupply, but possibly suffering engorgement or leaking as a consequence? Well, you know, that is a fine line just because, you know, if you need to pump because you're going back to school or work and you're trying to create a stash, then you know, you're kind of going through this period of time where you are pumping and kind of creating or adding to the problem a little bit. Um, and so I would say just trying to have some comfort measures to do that. Um, but if you do need to pump, you know, you would just pump as though you're breastfeeding for the 10-minute duration and that's it. Um, if you are able to donate, that's always a great thing. Thank you to you guys who are donating. That's, that's fabulous. Um, so I think that that's definitely a personal decision, kind of what can work in your life. But if you're really uncomfortable to the point where it's affecting your breastfeeding relationship with you or, and your baby, or your baby's having nursing strikes, or you're having recurrent infections, then in my opinion, definitely reducing, working towards reducing your supply is the way to go. It's just what 
works and you know I'm a big proponent of what works in your life and that's going to be different for each person so wonderful well when we come back we will discuss with Christina the symptoms causes and ways to handle an overactive letdown we'll be right back you've worked hard for what you have your money your assets your 401k and home isn't it all worth protecting nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft lifelock ultimate plus helps protect your finances with up to three million dollars in reimbursement LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Well, welcome back to the show. We are here with Christina Chamberlain, a certified nurse midwife and international board certified lactation consultant in the state of Washington and owner of Eastside Women's Health and Lactation. And we are continuing our conversation about oversupply and overactive letdown. So we just spoke a lot about oversupply. So um, Christina, can you let us know what is overactive letdown? Uh, it's when the milk ejection reflux, which is also commonly known as the letdown, happens either very fast or very forcefully. So it's like a gush of milk all at once. <laughs> and what are some signs that a mom has an overactive letdown? And, and can this sometimes be confused, for example, with a baby with a tongue tie? Sure, yeah, sometimes they can look very similar as far as baby's behavior goes. But um, a lot of times mom will feel a really forceful letdown. I mean, we all describe it differently. Some people say it's like a really intense tingling sensation or pressure, like somebody's kind of squeezing their breast, something like that. But at the same time that she's feeling that sensation, she might notice that her baby starts to choke or gag at the breast just because they are having trouble negotiating this amount of milk that's come at them. So quickly, um, these babies can be very gassy. They'll cry a lot at the breast. They'll come on and off, break the seal. Um, so that can make uh, nursing more painful for the mom, for her nipples. Um, there might be clicking noises while the baby is nursing, and that's the baby using his or her tongue to try and protect their airway um, from this flow of milk. Um, and these are also symptoms that are very similar. Uh, you see similar behavior in babies who are tongue-tied. So, again, if you feel like nursing is difficult because of this behavior and what you're experiencing in your own body, I would say definitely see a lactation consultant just to look at your baby's tongue, watch how you guys are nursing so she can help you evaluate what the problem is. Okay. And are there certain causes for overactive letdown? Um, well, the cause isn't really known, but it does tend to coincide most of the time with oversupply. So there's probably some kind of connection to that feedback inhibi um, inhibition of the letdown that I, or lactation that I was talking about. Um, it might be, too, that some moms just have um, a real sensitivity to oxytocin, which is the hormone that releases the milk um, and causes the letdown. Uh, so it's not really known. It would be interesting, too, to see... Um, you know, research in that area, especially because we induce a lot of labors with Pitocin, which is a synthetic form of oxytocin and how that affects it as well. Oh, okay. I didn't even know about that. So are there any researchers out there listening? <laughs> <laughs> so they don't always go together then, would you say? Some moms can have an over oversupply, but not an overactive letdown and vice versa? Well, in my experience, I have seen most moms with an oversupply also have an overactive letdown. That I feel like happens more often, but I have also worked with a lot of moms who have an overactive letdown, but don't necessarily have an oversupply. Um, ladies, did you feel like you had an overactive letdown with your oversupply and, 
And do you feel like your baby has more of a challenge in that first kind of letdown phase? Marie, how about you? Um, we saw it firsthand in the studio here. <laughs> yeah, I definitely have a really forceful overactive letdown. Like when the kid pulls off, I can shoot several feet across the room. <laughs> um, my I'm glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> <laughs> it makes my husband scream. It's so funny. <laughs> um, with my first, he actually dealt with it really well. And even considering he was a six-week preemie, I was kind of shocked by that. Whereas my full-term baby, she has a lot of clicking and coughing and every once in a while a little bit of choking and we mainly deal with it. Just We do a lot of side lane nursing, which is besides that, I get to lay down. <laughs> but it's, it is what it is. I feel like I can't really control it. It's when the letdown comes and the other side, I have to push my hand really hard on the other side or I'll end up soaking myself because both sides are really strong. Okay. How about you, Rosie? Um, yes, I did. And I noticed it more um, with the second baby with my first. I did, but I I must, thinking back, I guess we managed it pretty well. Um, where, you know, she managed it pretty well and we were fine. But um, with the second baby, everything Christina was saying about the overactive letdown was happening. The clicking, the getting fussiness, gassy, you know, coming off the breast, everything um, happened to us. And uh with this baby definitely um it was still challenging because i thought oh i i you know if i have an oversupply and overactive lockdown i know how to handle it but it was still challenging because it was different still different for me but i immediately started the side lying and all the other nursing positions which helped out a lot um, and the side lying's great because although they dribble so much out of their mouths <laughs> um they t the babies tend to tolerate that position very nicely they can tolerate the flow a little bit better i've noticed as well um, how about you, Stacy? I actually don't. So I actually, we actually do okay at the beginning. He just has the keg stand to deal with afterwards. So, <laughs> so apparently I'm lucky in that regard. All right. Sounds good. Um, Christina, are there ways to temper down an overactive letdown? Well, one way just to help the baby negotiate it um, is to massage the breast to initiate the letdown before baby even latches on. So that way, by the time they do latch on, the letdown has already happened, so they're not going to have that probably not going to have as much of that choking or gagging uh, behavior. Some women continue to have an overactive letdown throughout, and like your panels are saying, they just kind of learn to deal with it, their own tricks to deal with it. Um, and I, I see a lot of women who continue to have overactive letdown until baby starts uh, nursing a little bit less, like just with either adding solids or kind of more of the natural weaning process. But um, until that point, if baby is nursing a lot, I, I do tend to see a lot of moms continue to have an overactive letdown, and it's not so much that that goes away, it's just that mom and baby are better at handling it, so it's not as big of a problem. Yeah. Have you ever tried magnesium? I had taken a, a holistic lactation um, workshop, and one of the recommendations was magnesium. Um, oh, because really? Yeah, because I guess the overactive letdown was this, you know, spazzing of the muscles and the nipple, the spazzing and contractions and all that kind of stuff, and the magnesium helps to relax that, and so that's something that I... That I often recommend to my moms who have overactive letdown, and and I haven't really gotten a complete verdict back, but I've heard that it actually can be really helpful from a, from some of them. Well, thank you. Well, magnesium, you know, can, is one of the more holistic approaches. Magnesium with calcium for Raynaud's yeah. syndrome. 
So, um, but I haven't heard it for overactive. So, yeah, how much are they are they taking the same doses you would take it for the Raynaud's? Uh, no, it's different. I don't even um, so even with the Raynaud's, I don't do the magnesium calcium mixed together. I just do straight magnesium. Right. So, like a natural calm brand, uh-huh. and um, I just tell them to take the minimum dosage and see how their gut tolerates it because we know it can also make a, make everything really relaxed right. and smooth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we want to make sure that you know their tummies can handle it, but um, starting at the lowest dosage and then just kind of going up if necessary. But that can sometimes be helpful too. Oh, interesting. I'll look into that. Cool. Thanks. Yeah. Um, so does um, oversupply or overactive letdown tend to resolve on its own? I mean, you mentioned once babies kind of start um, maybe not nursing as frequently that that can kind of help negotiate that. Um, do you have, do you see anything else that kind of regulates it? Well, sometimes moms will deal with it more in the first couple of months, just while their bodies and babies are still, uh, you know, figuring out what the supply and demand is. So a lot of times after the babies hit, you know, the two or three month mark, that starts to get better just because, again, mom and baby's bodies are, you know, dancing together a little bit better. They're getting more into rhythm. So sometimes that, that just time in and of itself will kind of resolve it as baby gets bigger and kind of figures it out. But if after the two month mark, it's still an issue and it's um, making nursing hard for mom or baby, I would say then start doing some of the things that we talked about to be a little bit more assertively treating it. Okay. And ladies, when did you notice your oversupply or overactive letdown regulate? um, Or is this something that you're still dealing with? Marie? Well, with my four-month-old, I'm still dealing with it. Um, With my four-year-old, he nursed till two and a half. And I think it was until he was about 15 months or so that we still had a pretty strong overactive letdown and oversupply. But by toddler age, he was gulping anyway because he <laughs> had things to do. <laughs> so wasn't such a big deal anymore at that point. No. <laughs> How about you, Rosie? Um, I think it regulated about three, four months. Um, but at that point, you know, I think I did continue to have the oversupply and the overactive left down. But um, as you know, we were talking about, we learn how to deal, how to manage. And as you know, our babies grow, it's kind of better for them that they can take in so much and you know five minutes and sweet we're done nursing that's yeah. it and you got all your <laughs> nutrients we're ready to go <laughs> <laughs> absolutely how about you Stacy? I would agree I think you know after a couple of months he got um he didn't quite have that same sucking need so it wasn't quite as problematic for him he wasn't quite as gassy he didn't burp as much but you know I still pump an extra 12 to 15 ounces a day most days so We'll see. He's six months and we're still going strong. So we'll see how long how long that lasts. Yeah, I, I have to mention our moms in San Diego are really, really fortunate that we have these three moms here to, to help supply them when they need it. So thank you so much for turning your overactive letdown and oversupply into such great, wonderful things for our community. So thank you. Um, well, ladies, that's it for today. Um, so thank you so much, Christina, and to our panelists um, for sharing this incredibly valuable information about the symptoms, causes, and treatment for oversupply and overactive letdown. Um, your information was fantastic, Christina. Thank you so much. Oh, sure. Thanks for having me. And I'll just say, you know, grass is always greener. I had the opposite problem. I literally had just enough for my babies and could never pump out more. And it was very stressful when I went back to work. And 
Um, I was so envious of you ladies. <laughs> so grass is always greener. Totally. Absolutely. And and for our Boob Group Club members, our conversation will continue after the end of the show as Christina will discuss recommendations for treating recurrent plug ducts for moms with an oversupply. So for more information about our Boob Group Club, please visit our website at theboobgroup.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So here's a question from one of our listeners. This is from Emily Gerard, and she writes, Dear New Mommy Media, I love your shows. I started with Preggy Pals when I was pregnant with my first in 2008 and 9, and was disappointed after having my baby that I couldn't find a comparable educational podcast for moms. I was thrilled to move with you to Preggy Pals when I was pregnant with my second and ecstatic to join you on the Boob Group and Parent Savers. Now, can we please, please keep growing? Any plans for a podcast for young preschool and school-aged kids? If you plan to stick to just a couple, the first couple years of life, can you recommend any podcast for kids a little bit older. I love your format and all the great things I learned from your programs. Thanks, Emily. Hey, Emily, this is Sunny. I'm one of the producers for The Boob Group. Thanks so much for your email. We have been talking about launching some new shows as part of the New Mommy Media brand. As you know, we have The Boob Group. We have Parent Savers and we have Preggy Pals. We are launching a new show in January, but the focus is on twins and multiples. So while we are expanding, it's not exactly in the area that you were referring to. I'm not sure if we're going to launch a show that's specifically about preschool age kids. It's certainly possible. It's definitely within our demographic, but we don't have any current plans to do so. So what I would recommend is for you to go to iTunes, to the iTunes store, click on the podcast section at the top, and then you'll see on the right-hand side there's a section for categories, and you can actually search for podcasts according to categories. If you scroll down, click on Kids and Family. That will bring up whole podcasts that are dedicated to the category of Kids and Family. Your other option is to use the search bar and just type in Preschool Podcast and see what pops up. I actually did do that, and there were specific episodes that referred to preschool age topics, so that might interest you as well. I hope that helps. Um, Sorry, I I don't have any excellent news for you as far as us releasing a preschool show anytime soon. It's certainly within the realm of possibilities, but for all of our listeners out there, if there are specific shows that you guys are interested in that fall in the category of new and expecting parents, please let us know. We are here to provide content for you, and we certainly want to create, you know, topics that are relevant to you and your lifestyle. So again, Emily, thanks so much for your comment. That wraps up our show for today. We appreciate you listening to The Boob Group. Don't forget to check out our sister shows, Preggy Pals for Expecting Parents, and our show Parent Savers for Moms and Dads with Newborns, Infants, and Toddlers. Thanks for listening to The Boob Group, your judgment-free breastfeeding resource. This has been a new Mommy Media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of new Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. 
While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.